This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. This week, we get the announcement that Ed Boon gets inducted into the Gaming Hall of Fame as NetherRealm possibly or purposely leaked hints regarding the coming of MK12, SNK versus Capcom Carfighter Clash returns, and in our final stage, I reviewed the isometric hack and slash shooter mech game Black Wind. All this and much more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Everybody and welcome back to another game-filled episode of Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. We really do have a loaded show today, and really, a lot. It really has nothing to do with G4 as much. Although I will say, I since the whole debacle of everything, and, and when I say the debacle, I don't just mean G4 at this point. Um, not just you know Frost and the host of X Play. But just everybody involved, like even the YouTubers that got involved in this thing, because now the YouTubers are like they're jumping on they're they're opportunistic and taking the opportunity to, you know, derail G4. And what happens and here's the thing. They're they're trying to derail G4 and expose them. Rightfully so. I mean, like the, the thing is. The, the, the things that they're exposing them of, they have every right to expose them of. I mean, the, the fact that um, they don't do their own reviews turned me off. Like, that was the real turn off for me was like they don't do their own uh, reviews, that they partially do reviews. Like here, people like me who write, literally, you know, sometimes hours on end just writing information for this show. And then on top of that, doing reviews and detailing what my experiences of that. And they're writing off of a teleprompter with words that are not theirs for the most part. It's another reviewer that is doing it. And, I, and in my head, I'm like, can I hear from that reviewer? Can I get that reviewer on on a camera? I want to talk to them. You know, I want to hear from them at, at best. You know, so it's like the idea of them having ghost writers or ghost reviewers is, is kind of it kind of turned me off in a sense. So. I really don't watch G4 as much. Maybe down the line, if they start with new shows and, you know, new content that they have in there, the only show that I really watch right now is uh, Scott DeWoes, which is like a hilarious and awesome and very informative show. They do exactly what G4 used to do. But this dude was in a, he was he's from YouTube. So it's like you got a YouTube dude on G4. It's like, what's the point? Because now it's just like, like I said last week, G4 is just a glorified YouTube show on cable network. 
people have been doing the G or format on YouTube for generations. So it's like, I was hoping they would bring something to the table, but I've noticed a lot of things, you know, in the recent weeks. Um, now the black Okage is getting exposed and yeah, it's like, say what you will, there are YouTubers out there who are, you know, putting them on blast and exposing him for being a hypocrite. And it's like, when you look at the footage and you look at some of the videos that he did back then, and according to what Frost was talking about, it's kind of that situation where it's like, yeah, you, you know, regardless of the fact that these YouTubers are trying to, you know, they, they gain these YouTubers who are, who are, you know, commenting and exposing them. It's not from the kindness of their heart. It's not altruistic in any sense. It is in fact them, you know, them exposing G4 and getting more viewers to turn off, you know, you know, it stops subscribing to them via YouTube or even the television show. It gives them the advantage of gaining those same viewers. So it's, it's, it's very strategic, but to their credit, what they're exposing, what they're doing, you know, it's legit. It's not their, it's not the fault. It's G4's fault for like one, just not damn doing damage control on this whole thing. It's just getting, it's gotten so bad. It's like, I'm completely turned off, but Scott DeWoes love that show, but I could watch it on YouTube at this point, but it's a very, it's one of the highlights of G4 right now. Very informative show. It's awesome. The dude is, the kid is, um, he's hilarious. It's just everything he does. Just it's one of the best shows on air and it's not a, a, like their original. This dude came from YouTube. So there you go. <laughs> there you go from that that dude has five million viewers and, and fans not from g4 it's from it's actually from youtube from there so i don't know maybe down the line they reformat their situation they actually do better in terms of you know uh you know in terms of how they review games and whatever um maybe i'll i'll check it out but i this it really bothers me too because um you got ep daily which use, which actually was the original review show, Electric Playground, G4 in its earliest, in its earliest, actually had Electric Playground before X-Play ever came on, um, came into the uh, G4 network. It was them. It was pretty much those guys that put it together. Yeah, um, you know Tommy Tolerico and uh, I forgot the um, who's really you know, putting it in now. Um, I forgot his name. He's from, I think the, uh, he's from Canada. It's been so long since I've seen, um, Lucas, uh, geez, I forgot his name. I'm trying to get Victor Lucas actually is, the, um, is the, uh, name and basically Victor Lucas and Tommy Tellerigo, who Tommy is a legend in, in the uh, video game industry. He's actually working on the Activision, um, new, you know, I'm sorry, not Activision, the new in television, uh, council that is trying to be crowdfunded right now. Uh, I believe there may be some issues in regards to that at the moment. I'm not sure. I haven't checked recently on that, but Vic and Tommy were the original reviewers for the show and Vic is still doing these reviews right now. And I don't know. I don't know what I noticed that he hasn't really commented on it. Um, recently I, I look, I'm looking at his, um, looking at his uh youtube channel right now and there's nothing because i still watch him every so often he does really great reviews always has always will nobody's writing for him he's doing all of it on his own he does have a team of people but he he's he's doing it himself um i would be surprised if he didn't like the like he's old school 
<laughs> so it's really interesting that they never really mentioned electronic uh, electric playground that kind of was a little bit of a set off for me because when they were talking about the history of x uh, of g4 they failed to mention that that the original era of g4 they kind of started it they kind of started the era as when x play came in which is totally not true Ele electric playground was the original series and then followed that with a bunch of really great show uh like documentaries and, and stuff like that on that channel um that really was informative in expanding the the culture of of the gaming industry you know giving us the history of things like street fighter or tetris or you know stuff like that and you know atari and all that stuff it you know they really brought it to the table you know um we need to see more of that on this and i haven't seen it yet and i know it's a slow burn because of the, you know covid and all the stuff and um but i don't know man i don't know I, I right now they put themselves in a bind um it could blow over it very much could blow over i don't know to what end um i noticed that black hokage is not really posting on uh instagram right now he's doing a little bit on twitter like they, him and uh frost are like still responding to people at this time like dude like just chill like they got they, their ego is in question in this case but it is it is what it is but you know i i it, it, i'm a bit turned off at the, at the time being but you know scott DeWose got that on dvr every week i watch that and that's it unless they come up with some something new i'm probably not going to be investing in g4 at this point it's just sad i was really looking forward to what was going on there but you know getting with frost kind of revealing that it actually i won't even just totally discredit frost but Adam Sessler also mentioned it weeks prior too, and I, you know, I took it in like okay, but she really put it into detail when she did that uh, when she did her rant and everything, and it was just to a point it was like ah, that's kind of a that's kind of a deal breaker for me, you know, me personally and other content creators and re game reviewers and stuff like that. Like we put in a lot of work, a lot of hours into these games, um, like me, to, like just today. Uh, yesterday luminous uh i mean gun vault chronicles luminous uh adventure x2 is out shout out to matt papa out there um which i will possibly be reviewing next week but also today this is friday the 28th 12 at midnight pokemon legends arceus arrived and i started playing that so i'm going to be doing double duty here i don't have anybody to you know play these games for me i don't have anybody writing my experiences or anything or or me like writing off from somebody's experience i gotta do this all on my own write all this down get as much information thorough uh, information as possible and have it at the ready by the end of this week when i do the show you know so I, there are plenty of other people like that and then g4 comes in you know you know comcast invest it and they got they can afford all these writers and everything to do the work that these guys apparently should be doing what we thought that they were doing it kind of tears up it kind of takes it away so it's like all right yeah whatever man <laughs> whatever so that situation is just it's here nor there but let's get on to some actual uh other news going on in the world of uh gaming right now for instance let's talk ed boon ed boon the i guess yeah he is the founder of uh, the guy behind netherrealm studios he is also the co-creator of mortal kombat is finally getting his just due 
Ed Boon is getting inducted into the Academy of Interactive Arts and Science Hall of Fame, uh, most likely for his years in development and change, really changing the game, uh, no pun intended, with Mortal Kombat, him and uh, John Tobias. And I know a lot of people probably question like, why Ed Boon, not John Tobias? Well, John Tobias kind of stepped away from the Mortal Kombat world. Ed Boon took it over and really evolved the damn franchise to what it is now working with um warner brother games and, and such and warner brothers has given them you know the threshold to actually do so much more in the process and it's just awesome like what he's done with mortal kombat and evolved it to what it is now it is incredible and considering everything that that franchise has gone through with um the government trying to you know shut them down and joe lieberman trying to you know create a campaign out of the whole situation to me to this day that bothers me because it's like he's trying to he's trying to vilify the process of video game violence when he it's not altruistic and it's not organic at all it was just him and i nobody is or nobody's going to tell me otherwise it was just him trying to gain a subject for his campaign plain and simple so that was you know video games would became the scapegoat for that situation right there but at boom and, and john tobias at time and, and midway games fought through that they got through at boom took it over to uh created another realm and took it over to warner brother games and you know they made it happen and since then we've you know they rebooted the series with mortal kombat 9 and just absolutely changed the way it looked man it was just uh, it's just awesome they gave it the cinematic feel the movie cinematic feel since then it has spawned not one not just like a 90s version of the movies um but rebooted version that uh that we got to see last year which was you know awesome so the ai the aias has announced that mortal kombat co-creator ed boom will be inducted at the 25th annual dice awards uh ceremony happening on february 24th in las vegas nevada xbox game studios head matt booty no pun will <laughs> present the award to boot now call me a conspiracy theorist but i'm a little skeptical about that one i don't like the fact that uh, matt booty is um presenting any awards or you know to ed Boo. I don't want to do it. It's not. I'm just being ridiculous, but it's like, okay, they already acquired Activision. They better not even buy up uh, NetherRealm. They better not. And, and at the same time, I can't really be totally mad because Sony did acquire, you know, Street Fighter as an exclusive. So it would be so it would be appropriate that they did that now granted yeah they got killer instinct but nobody cares about killer instinct <laughs> especially the way that they did it too because they they tried to nickel and dime people with um killer instinct i believe they had um you just pay per character and that that business model never works never right it, it's it's so lame um but you know i i i would be mad but it'd be like i understand <laughs> Just give us Mortal Kombat 12. You could do whatever you want to afterwards. At least let me get that. But if I was at Boone, I would not go to, uh, you know, specifically to a one or the other. I would go specifically and just make money everywhere you can. You have a franchise that can make money on Xbox, on PlayStation, on a Nintendo Switch. 
spread it out, man. Cause I mean, if you, the problem is if you go to one place and that place is not making that much money, it's going to suck. And it just happened before where like games have gone exclusive, uh, have provided exclusivity to one brand, but that brand wasn't really selling as much in order for people to, you know, get eyes on it. And that's what happened, you know, and, and, and as a result, we not many people get to, you know, play those games because of the exclusivity and it's on a console that is not really the best selling console ever. You know, it's happened before. It's I would say Killer Instinct maybe one. You know, Rare got Killer Instinct. I don't think a niche amount of people played that game. You know, because you got a lot of you know a lot of the sales went from rather Nintendo or PlayStation. You know, that's where you want the game for. So I mean, now granted, we will see because you know Xbox and Microsoft is getting momentum now that they acquired Activision. And people are excited, but in reality, do we know how far this is going to go? Or we don't know to what end is. I mean, yeah, you're getting Overwatch and World of Warcraft and all these other things right now. But at the end of the day, will it work? Um, 2022 just started. So we got some ways to go before we can really assume that Xbox is going to get to jump. Because Xbox get to jump all they want, but they can have all the tools, but they might not utilize all the tools the same way. Sony has all these peripheral, you know, um, and secondary, you know, handheld games and, and systems and VR units, but they never advertise them. They never support them. So they don't never they never get any steam out of it. We'll see. We'll see how this goes and what happens from there. So we down the line, like we could possibly have another conversation saying, like, what has Microsoft done with Activision at this point? They haven't really done anything. Well, you never know. It could happen. We're assuming that they're not going to go that far and they they're gaining the advantage for this, but we will see. But I like the fact that Microsoft is having a lot of fun right now with this acquisition of Activision because they're they're posting on um, on social media and everything, teasing fans and all the stuff and posting pictures of Sega, you know, headquarters and everything. It's just ridiculous. It's just they're just having a lot of fun right now. And, And they you know what? Kudos to them, because it's been years and I mean, probably even decades since they actually had this type of fun because throughout the time PlayStation and Sony has been having that type of fun always as well as Nintendo to that extent. Xbox finally gets to be at the, uh, the uh, Dell table and I'm very happy for them. So now I digress as we talk about Ed Boon getting in uh, inducted into the hall of fame. We also are getting some possible leaked information in regards to MK 12, mortal Kombat 12, possibly, or purposely leaked fans caught a, uh, caught on, uh, fast to a tweet posted by NetherRealm producer, Jonathan Anderson, who may have intentionally leaked the coming of the next MK installment. A photo was posted by Anderson, which has now been deleted, but of course you can't, everything stays on the internet <laughs> in this case. It really, it really is true. Um, but it showed a photo posted by Anderson showing a bunch of uh, photos and images, physical photos and images uh, uh, on a desk of um, Mortal Kombat and Injustice images placed on two monitors. But, it is the monitor on the right of the photo that has fans and a bit of frantic, a bit frantic that the company 
in, uh, and is in the process of actually creating uh, Mortal Kombat 12. On the top right of the monitor, you can see the uh, file on the monitor that says MK12 masked dot 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 dot, which means there's more to the file name on there and it just doesn't sold. Followed by an email of the same uh, in the same uh, photo that reads, our fans eagerly scraped the internet. I feel like this is very well intentionally uh, put there for a reason. Now, the here's the thing. Everybody's talking about MK12 on there, but why do you have a picture of what looks to be Wonder Woman? And what looks to be, um, it was just definitely uh, Brainiac from Injustice 2 on there. What is that about? Because are we getting another Injustice game possibly? People are talking about MK12, but like, in New Day, I, I think they are possibly working on that, but could they be working on another Injustice game? Hey, or can we just get Injustice one and uh one and two on nintendo switch please i know you guys can do it you've done it before you put you put um mk9 on the uh on a playstation vita okay i know you could do this i know you could do this with no problems don't make it a cloud version or anything okay i i'm i'm not investing in any more cloud games other than guardians of the galaxy kingdom hearts is coming out on cloud I, I appreciate that, but no, you don't need to put uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 in a cloud version because the, the memory space is not that big on either of those games. Hell, I don't think it's even that big on, on Kingdom Hearts 3. I believe totally believe they could fit Kingdom Hearts 3 in the, uh, the, the Nintendo Switch. So I, I call that BS right there. No way. If I want to play Kingdom Hearts on the road, I do not want to rely on the internet. Thank you very much. But the... I, it's very possible on you know that this could happen uh the question you know Ed, and, and even more ed boone is notorious for teasing and trolling fans of upcoming projects but also delivering on them eventually so remember spawn <laughs> they tease spawn forever they tease hellboy forever and we end up getting both of those characters in in nether realm games eventually so I, I totally believe this is just, this is their MO. This is absolutely going to happen. And I'm very I'm looking forward to a new chapter in the Mortal Kombat universe. Plus, not to mention Mortal Kombat. Uh, the sequel to last year's Mortal Kombat is in the works right now. Uh, the very successful Mortal Kombat uh, movie that they brought out last year, which really got people uh, talking. Uh, Love that movie. Loved it. I thought they did an absolutely great job with it. So. Mortal Kombat 11 was a great success as well, selling over 12 million copies as well as the film along with it. I, and, and I think during the time too, they came out with the other um, expansion pack with uh, Shang Tsung, which was phenomenal. I can't even fathom what they're gonna do this time. I know there's one major boss character from the original uh, series before they rebooted it that hasn't been used yet for this current one so they could go any direction with this they got so many characters in the, in the mortal Kombat universe that they could use coming back in and you know restructuring the timeline and as well and i just I, all i want to do is just play uh fire god Liu kang as fire god Liu kang this time like i hated the fact that we only got the skin but we never got the actual move set that he has in there we can only play it during the story mode nah i want to play fire god Liu kang and they better not take away his powers better not take away his powers in, a, in 12 i'm gonna be so bad if they do so let's let, here's the hoping on that one or looking forward to that one at least so all right 
So something I, I, I found I found out that I thought thought was hilarious. And I, I kind of thought about this down the line when it comes to, you know, uh, Marvel Avengers and Crystal Dynamic, because if you guys remember when Spider-Man No Way, um, No Way Home, the movie came out. Insomniac immediately took the advantage and took the opportunity to provide fans with two skins, two suits for this insomniac spider-man game that was that came out like what two three like almost two years ago now two three years ago now um and they're still giving us content well they gave us you know the new suits that was geared for the mcu version of spider-man in that game so they're still giving us free stuff for that game meanwhile <laughs> crystal dynamics released the MCU Spider-Man No Way Home suit, the very same suit that is in the Insomniac game. The very same one. And it's located on their marketplace. If you know the marketplace, if you haven't played Marvel Avengers, it's a mar uh, the marketplace is basically a place where they sell all their DLC uh, skins as well as microtransactions of boosters in there. And uh, okay. For, I gotta explain this because for goodness sake, somebody in our ACMG group probably is a representative of a lot of people who don't understand the difference between DLC and microtransactions. There's a difference in the business models of those two. DLC consists of content exclusively for that particular game. It doesn't help any boosts, maybe extra characters, maybe some uh, swords, some extra decorative, you know, type of situations, you know, that's downloadable content or downloadable character it used to be downloadable character because it started off in fighting games where you get extra characters that you had to pay for, you know, that was a business model that started with fighting games. And then it just spread out to everything. you know, the, the C meant for content more than characters at this point. So it's for downloadable content that you can add to the game. It doesn't help the game you don't have to get it it doesn't do anything to the game it doesn't affect the game experience it's just extra things that you may want to buy it's very optional it's it doesn't you know procure your your game experience at all however microtransactions consist of items that help boost your game experience that is the problem like in other words, you can't play the game. Some some games require you that they 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 make it difficult. It's the old arcade carny type of thing that they used to do in the 80s when in arcade games where they will boost up the difficulty level so it'll force it'll um make you want to put in more quarters and everything. It's the same same practice done with these microtransactions and it's horrific. It, 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 I hate that idea. I didn't like it back when when I found out that they did it in arcades back then. Um I mean, yeah, make it challenging enough, but like, don't not too much to the point that we're forking up quarters like up to the wazoo and all this stuff. It's just like, come on, man. But the same process is being done here with microtransactions and is done like aggressively. So people, when you say DLC, DLC and microtransactions are two different formats, two different business models and two different practices. So. Crystal Dynamics does both. They have microtransactions and in and, and the loot crate thing is another thing because the loot crate also plays a factor into the microtransactions and consists of loot crates. That this is where you get this is the iffy part. 
loot crates are like boxes that has random items in there but doesn't give you what you want and it's it's pretty much a lottery so if you pay 9.99 for a loot crate you're possibly maybe getting crap 2k games is another company that does that ea does it and i hate it everybody hates it and it's getting now it's getting to the point where people some games some game developers and companies have you know kind of died down on the on the practice but there's still some out there who does it crystal dynamics in this case case does both they have dlc for you to add onto the game but they also have microtransactions and loot crate systems in there which i'm not a big fan of at all and that kind of takes away the actual that kind of takes away the um the fun of and experience of the game let alone it's just it, it, it's it's solid but not fluid like here's the thing i had you know the the, the issue with the uh one of our members of the acmg facebook group was that he was getting the two mixed up and then he was making claims that you know final fantasy 7 had you know, microtransactions no that's not true they had dlc and they had expansion packs those are two different type of um you know forms of content totally two terms of content um he also mentioned final fantasy 15 no again no microtransactions no loot crates in there at all um kingdom hearts as well he mentioned all these i'm like where are you getting your information from he i, I he does this a lot where he tends to say you know he provides misinformation with no merit of understanding or backing there's so many different ways and i'm like he's trying to educate me and other people i'm like you can like i'm sorry but um this is not the case that's i didn't want to say that he was wrong in the case but i explained to him the difference of it and i'm like look i like just last year i've played and review, reviewed a ton of games like i played 97 games on the nintendo switch alone majority of them were played you know beaten and reviewed on my show for you all of you to you know for me to, uh, to listen to my reviews here and my opinions on it and then on top of that i interview people in the industry so i know how this progress this process go and i know people in the industry and i know how this process goes you know he's going on assumption and belief now it's not the case i mean he he's right that there are some shady tactics but the games and and, and titles that he was mentioning does not and i had to remind him like okay square enix is only the publisher of these of marvel you know avengers crystal dynamics is the developers and the ones that create this business model and practice uh but he claims that everybody does that and that's an excuse i'm like no that's not true because just last year guardians of the galaxy was created by Eidos montreal and published by square enix there were no microtransactions there were no loot crates and there were no dlc and well actually there were dlc in the game but even for, for even from that there was no microtransactions and loot crates in the game and in fact it was a one player you know story driven experience you also had life is strange true colors which was also published by um uh, square enix and made by an indie company so they don't always do this business model as he thought i had to throw up you know facts see this is the part that people that I, that gets me about people is that they especially this one tends to assume that i'm that he talks to people I, i'm sure his mo is that he goes online he has these conversations with people he probably pretentiously make people think that he knows what the hell he's talking about because he says he knows people in the industry whatever like that i still question that um 
but he doesn't thoroughly fact check the situation. So he's hoping that the people that he's speaking with doesn't understand it too, or won't be willing to fact check him. I'm not one of those people. If you've listened to my show, if you've listened to the show for years, if you know my merit (laughs) of integrity when it comes to this stuff, that I am going to always fact check things. I am going to look for sources. I am going to say from experience. And if I don't know, I will ask. And if I don't know, I'm going to ask the right person or I'm going to invite them onto this platform and we talk about it so you guys can learn and listen to. So that's my situation there. And whenever I kind of, and I just do this all the time, whenever I actually, you know, fact check him and give him the deal, I don't hear from this dude (laughs) for a long time. And then he comes back later on thinking I'm going to forget all this stuff. No, I do not. I don't know why he continues to still do that, but, or anybody continues to still do that. He's not the only one. There's a lot of people out there who do that, but then they go run off to any other group or whatever they go to and keep on spreading this false information. Like people, if you, if you want to know things, don't just, you know, talk off the, you know, the tip of your tongue, make sure you have sources of what the hell you're talking about, because he was wrong on every step, (laughs) on every step, not knowing the difference between DLC or microtransactions and loot crates, not knowing which games had it or which games didn't. And then accusing some of doing certain practices. I'm like, yes, you're right that there are companies who do that, but they don't do that for every game. Sometimes they're just a publisher. They, you know, in, in Final Fantasy is Square Enix development. That's their deal. But they're also publishers of other games. That's why they got to deal with Marvel to do the games that they were doing and publish the games. And they got uh, uh, um they got other developers to work on it. Also, not every like Square Enix is a big company, but they're not all doing the same game every time. They have different teams and different, um, you know, departments that work on particular games. Like if somebody's working on Final Fantasy here, you got another per- another department and team working on Kingdom Hearts. And then you may have another outside development company working on games like Guardians of the Galaxy um, or Marvel Avengers. That's how they work. Like, if you know me, if you truly know me, don't try to come at me because you know I'm going to understand how this works. <laughs> okay. You know, make sure you have your ch- your facts checked. And this is the problem with the internet right now. It's like, come on, get it right, man. Get it right here. But I digress. My problem with Crystal Dynamics here is that they're selling people DLC based on something that was already given by Insomniac Games for free. They're selling people and hoping, I guess, that people don't know that Insomniac has a Spider-Man game as well. They're selling this suit. And I don't know because I actually, the funny thing is I actually just deleted Marvel Avengers off of my my PlayStation uh, account. Cause I just, I don't, I already played the Spider-Man deal. There's nothing else to the Spider-Man deal. And you can't replay that again. So it's just basically the whole entire situation over again that you're just playing it on. And at this point, I'm like, I, I you know, I have no really until they actually announce that they're going to, you know, add another character in. I'll maybe jump on it, but it's like, I don't need to play it right now. I got Miles Morales. I got Spider-Man. I got Guardians of the Galaxy on there. Three actually awesome games. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, which also was published by Square Enix 
which also did the polar opposite of Marvel Avengers in every way. It was way more successful. And in fact, even got a, um, a lot of awards and a lot of uh, accolades for what they did with that game. I hope if Crystal Dynamics ever works on another Marvel game, that they do exactly what Eidos Montreal did. I think Marvel Avengers could have been a really great game, but I think the fact that they were trying to nickel and dime you, that was their purpose. I think the fact that they were trying to, you know, do an online experience. Actually, at one point, I believe that they were trying to make it online only, like you play the story mode once and then you just go particularly onto playing uh online because they felt that online was a strong thing and they learned that that was wrong and people wanted to play the story mode all over again so they had to rework everything and then also they re released the um the game unfinished i mean it, it, in its core in its heart of hearts it's now a solid game but it's not as stable as it as it could and should be especially when you look at games like the spider-man series on from insomniac and Eidos montreal with um guardians of the galaxy and even uh team ninja with with um marvel ultimate alliance 3 that game is a way better game that's a more of an avengers game than the uh, marvel avengers to be honest i mean that game is dope <laughs> okay so i i really really need crystal dynamics to stop what they're doing because again the idea of selling the no way home suit and selling it to people and i you know sadly there's people who are going to be I don't want to say stupid, but it's stupid. It's it's a it's a bad investment. You if especially if you already own Spider-Man No Way Home. There's no I mean I mean uh Spider-Man uh from um on a PlayStation. I, if you own it on an Xbox, that's one thing. But if you have a PlayStation 4 or 5, you got that for free. The fact that there's even they're even selling that on marketplace is it's just unreal. It is absolutely unreal. It, it's just sad. So I, I had a hunch. I was wondering, like, the fact that when Insomniac released those two skins for free on their game, I wondered if it was like specifically not only to look out for the fans, but to one up Marvel Avengers once again and make them look really bad when they finally release it. Because you kind of knew they were because they released a whole bunch of skins from, um, you know, for characters based on movies in the MCU. And you knew that was coming. But will they give it to you for free? And I'm like, no, it's no way. There's no way I'm buying this. I, I first of all, I like the the actual skin that you unlock once you beat the game. So I I I, I thought the design of that was dope enough. I don't need to get the Spider-Man skin. I already have it. Insomniac looked out. Thank you very much. I'm good. So just unreal. Um another speaking of PlayStation 5, this uh, I thought was absolutely great, especially for um for people of content creators like myself and, and um graphic designers like myself out there playstation 5 will now allow you your screen captures to be sent on to your mobile devices um this new the new firmware includes uh a feature that will allow players to upload their uh images and videos automatically onto their playstation apps on their phone and tablets uh you will have up to 14 days to capture and save the content then once you set it up now i'm still trying to figure out how to put this together um or given i don't know if the actual um firmware has arrived yet but that is going to happen i'm looking forward to it because for quite a while since uh playstation 4 they stopped using facebook as a form of 
uh, as a form of uh, transferring, you know, information like that, your your uh, captures and content like that. Only YouTube, you could you could transfer videos, which I do occasionally to use. Um, but also, what was the other one? And, and Twitter is the other one, but nothing else. But, you know, having to transfer to your phone easily, because for me, I use it to design a lot of the, you know, content I do for ACMG and such. So it's a lot easier for me to do if it comes strictly to my, you know, iPad or iPhone or whatever like that. I, I really appreciate that. So I'm really glad that they did that. So if you are a person who likes to show your stuff out and want to just download it onto a tablet for creation use, you know, that's that's going to be the way to do it. So thank you, Sony, for that, at least, you know, you got to do something since we're waiting for new games and everything to come out soon. So speaking of waiting for new games or game systems to come out, Steam Deck, uh, Valve's new uh, PC handheld system that everybody's uh, uh, well, not everybody. I'm going to say a core of uh, gamers out there is uh, keep an eye on is set to arrive in February. The first batch of the new PC handheld console will be available February 25th. Valve will send out an email to those who reserved. They have about 72 hours to respond and confirm the purchase by confirming probably mean purchase the, per, um, the console. Once confirmed, the Steam Deck will be delivered on the 28th. Now, hopefully that is the case. Uh, here's the thing. And anyone who didn't, let, let me finish this. Let me, anyone who didn't confirm the email will have to wait until the next set of uh, reservations in line. Here's the thing. This is going to be tricky because if you remember when the Google Stadia came out, this is one of those things that is like, it's going to be iffy. When Google Stadia came out, I was very skeptical about that. And I was rightfully skeptical about that because there was a lot of things that they weren't showing that left that gave me kind of red flags it's like i don't trust this but there were people during that time when e3 came out and they announced it that immediately jumped on it because that in in a, in a very pretentious and trendy way thinking that they were just jumping onto the new the, the latest new thing and it was just this was more of a trend thing than it was it was more of a trend than an actual investment and people made pretentious purchases and like the, the, and I, when i say pretentious per, uh, purchase it was just for the sake of saying it was purchasing for the sake of acknowledgement that you got it, but not knowing if this is going to be good. Google is not known for making great games or game systems. So I'm really skeptical that this company who also did the Google um, Glass, if you remember, that really didn't um, set people on fire and it really didn't make any money at all. Yeah, I'm supposed to really invest in this online only system. Well, guess what? When it, when it finally arrived, there was a lot of things going on and messed up because these guys, Google Stadia, let me put it like this in comparison. Google Stadia is to video games as anime New York City was to conventions like during, during this uh, climate of the pandemic. Like seriously, like there were people who were actually... Um, you know, having difficulties getting their codes, getting their reservations, stuff like that. And then there was also internet trouble with the Stadia and such like that. And, you know, and the fact that, again, it's online reliant only, like there is no downloading data, you know, from the game, um, no memory ca uh, capabilities. You can't transfer it onto a hard drive, whatever like that. It's only streaming only. 
and you trying to tell me, and it's only good if you got a great wife bandwidth and not everybody has a great bandwidth let's just keep it real like you know bandwidths you know go in so many different you know varieties but it, it you know the, you can't you're going to get lag if your if your bandwidth is not powerful but if you have a hard drive and you can download the data onto the hard drive you'll have a better experience it's always been the case so i'm, I'm really like if i have i do have a playstation now um subscription but i also have really great uh wi-fi and bandwidth um to go with it but i don't take those games seriously like i'm not i'm not playing a playstation like i'm playing playstation now just to you know play older games that i haven't played in a while just you know for the fun of it but it's not like anything i'm gonna do to review or whatever like that like but even still my bandwidth is good enough to handle the strength of the of the uh signals I, it's too unstable for people to use the steam deck although it is a physical game they did show it which is way more than what stadia did stadia didn't even show any any like um demos of the actual game they just showed you what it was supposed to do they just gave you you know powerpoints of what it was supposed to do but it, and people bought it like without even seeing the thing work or see if it was going to work at all i'm like why would you spend money and then on top of that the business model for the stadia was you actually spending monthly fees on a stadia alone whatever whatever games they have but also having other streaming networks gaming streaming networks within like ubisoft and and ea and all this stuff and then you you go in there but you got to pay their monthly fees so you're just docking up money from this it is it is hemorrhaging money off of your wallet at this point now i won't say this is the same thing from from the steam deck because the steam deck honestly looks promising it's a heavy duty uh looking for a uh, heavy duty form of hardware that they have it is very promising but what i'm skeptical about is the price the price versus the memory capacity that you have because it is promising that you'll be able to play on handheld major majorly huge games like AAA games to place uh playstation 5 and xbox uh series x and s uh level games on a handheld which means your processor is huge which means your memory has to be able to handle up and i believe there's three different versions that has three different ones and i think there's one that does have a terabyte but that is very expensive meanwhile the problem here is that like they also allow you to have um micro sd capabilities in there so you can put a micro sd card in there but you got to have at least it's not like the nintendo switch where like a lot of the games are compressed and somehow are able to give you a broad experience this is like heavy duty like you got a game like if you get final fantasy 7 remake on a, on a steam you're going to be hoarding in 90 gigs of space in there so if you only got 500 gigs you're only going to be able to put in 500 games and then if you want to play any more games you're going to have to delete it from your from your game uh and then re-download it onto the steam deck so that hasn't been really said or tested yet i don't know i'm i'm, I'm just a little skeptical uh skeptical about that ex experience um and if in the fact that like the problem is that like you know micro sd cards of one terabyte they're just now coming in scan disc i believe has a terabyte one but they're not cheap 
at the moment like it's going to take maybe like one or two years for the sd cards of one terabyte to go down to be at least affordable for people to be able to invest in um just not that but even still like if you got one game that's 100 gigs or 10 games that is 100 gigs that's a terabyte right there that's roughly about a terabyte right there um so i'm a little skeptic about this but i'm i like i there's a lot let me put it like this compared to the google stadia there's a lot more i like about what they're doing with the steam deck than i do with google stadia one thing at least they do have a hard drive at least they do have some storage you know components to it um and they do it is expected to be powerful like i don't think i'm going to invest in that yet like i'm not like compared to how i thought that the nintendo switch was going to be like when i heard and here's the other thing the difference between why i jumped at nintendo switch so quickly compared to the stadia or the steam deck is because the longevity the 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 establishment of nintendo nintendo's been around since oh my god like the 1930s i just saw like again scott the woes i just saw the um i just saw like he, he did the history of nintendo which dates back way before they did video games and they were working on toys and other and and, and uh cards and all this stuff i had no idea that it was so dope like if go watch scott the wall uh scott the walls um history of nintendo it is absolutely fantastic how he um it's entertaining but also very informative as to how nintendo started and uh the toys that they he even has a, a toy that they made from back in the day it's really cool um but yeah honestly man it's like they have longevity and they have much more experience in the handheld game than anybody and they survived longer than anybody and i knew that they were going to be awesome when they when they switch and that was you know it was more right because of that i i been with nintendo for generations um and they've not they've not failed on when it comes to you know that type of situation so um that's why steam deck valve valve has been around for a while but not in a, not in terms of like hardware i am I, I think i think honestly i think they will be successful but i think there will be bumps in the road so i will probably hold out on this and you know as magneto says on x3 we let the pawns go first <laughs> on that one so um but i am i am slightly intrigued and uh is and a little excited about the steam deck so but another thing that's gonna possibly have to happen is how this is gonna be advertised are they gonna push this for a niche crowd or are they really trying to put this out there and say like this is the new handheld system will they beat nintendo will this be the nintendo switch killer i don't really think so more powerful systems have tried and, and and failed because not only does nintendo have such a great way of designing hardware and software but they also have great marketing they got a very power they got their their marketing and branding and promoting is as powerful as disney so if people still wonder why they have lasted this long like I said, look at the history. Look at go to watch the Scott DeWoe's episode where he uh, tells the history of Nintendo. Oh my goodness, you you fully understand why they've lasted this long and why I'm still a fan of Nintendo to this day. Okay, so like, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. It, Nintendo's just way too damn big of a company, but we'll see. 
we will see like i said people have tried playstation other you know uh, uh wonder swan a, a lot of those handhelds have tried and you know failed the only time nintendo fails is when they failed himself and that that was the uh what was the name of that 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 red nintendo that uh i keep talking about i forgot i forgot that stupid oh the uh virtual boy yeah, that was the only, that was the only big failure. Real and that in the Wii U was like one of the big the the, the Virtual Boy was even a bigger failure in my opinion. But um yeah, man. It is it's it's uh we'll see. We will see. February 25th. Get ready. Now, it's a very interesting conversation I want to have because the uh game uh this last episode this week's episode of the book of bubba fat yeah i am talking about the book of bubba fat on this platform for a reason because we got to see the appearance of a very familiar character in the jedi fallen order video game bd1 appeared in this last episode of bubba, uh, the book of bubba fat the droid made his appearance in the mandalorian focused episode hanging with uh pele moto played by amy sedaris um, who I did not know that was Amy Sedaris until I looked at IMDb. That is awesome. I, she is hilarious. But um, yeah, I, 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 all this time, I never knew that was her. But yeah, lo and behold, BD1 makes his uh, grand appearance in the live action version. The appearance has fans of the Fallen uh, of the Jedi Fallen Order video game wondering if we will see the live action appearance of Jedi Master Cal, uh, Cal Kettis in here as well. So I mean, as you guys know everything that is made everything that has the star wars name on it is all connected all of which with the exception of which i hate um what was it star wars the uh the force unleashed star killer is not a part of i dude, first of all can i tell you i was playing jedi to fall in order like i'm never i'm, I'm gonna tell you this now i, I have the game i'm not gonna review the game because at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you now, I'm not the biggest fan of that game in the world because I just can't, I, I have a hard time getting myself into that game. I, I'm still playing it, but it's dragging and that's saying a lot. Um, yeah, people love it, but I've played, you know, Star Wars The Force Unleashed and I just recently, again, I have PlayStation now and I recently just decided like, look, they had The Force Unleashed 1 and 2 in there. I'm going to play that just coming off of fallen jedi fallen order and let me tell you man all right jedi uh the force unleashed didn't age well but with that said that doesn't mean that that game's still not a lot of fun that game is awesome it is still a lot of i mean like in terms of like the and maybe because for some reason on a um on a playstation now because it's streaming you don't get the same ex you know you know gameplay experience as you do because they can they change the control scheme around just a bit for the playstation now because it's streaming on or uh, it's on uh, game streaming another issue i have with it by, uh, with game streaming online by the way um but it's still a hell of a lot of fun a lot more fun to play uh than to me than uh, jedi fallen order and i love the character star killer the, the very idea of his premise and everything was just so awesome and i don't understand why that that is not now a part of the universe anymore i just don't think it's a crime but it was really cool to see bd1 on a uh, episode and the fact that I, it looks like there's a possibility we could see some appearances from others in that realm 
pioneer. So we'll see. All right. Last thing I want to do. This is technically kind of a review of this because during the, the week of my birthday, I got the one of the best gifts ever. A gift that I had to pay for. Take <laughs> note, but one of the best gifts ever. I will pay this over a thousand times because I'm going to tell you why. SNK versus Capcom Car Fighter Clash is the greatest car battle game ever in my in my world. <laughs> in the 90s, fighting games were at all were at all time high thanks to popular the, the popularity of Street Fighter 2 and shortly after Mortal Kombat and SNK's series of fighting games, which produced a series of fighters like Art of Fighting, uh, Fatal Fury, and King of Fighters, of course, which all revolved around the same universe. SNK fighters were often compared to that of Street Fighter 2. Games like Fatal Fury and Art of Fighter were actually developed by Takashi uh, Nishiyama, who brought, who um, created the original Street Fighter game. Uh, the one that everybody really didn't really like, didn't really play at the beginning. Like it used to play in arcades, but I think when Street Fighter 2 came out, it somehow just expanded to uh, a lot more places and arcades and everything. But the original Street Fighter 2 was created by Takashi uh, Nishiyama, one of the hardest games ever to beat. And I am happy to say that I I, I beat that game. <laughs> I am so happy to say I beat that game. I love that game to death um, because I beat that game. It was one of my bucket lists. Like I, I love Street Fighter. Like Street Fighter is my all time favorite game. Like it's on a pinnacle of everything game that I've ever played. Street Fighter, like Street Fighter is the reason why I love fighting games is the reason why I still play video games to this day. Um, but the fact that I, I would go or go live life not beating Street Fighter one was too much for me. So I finally got a chance to beat it. Thanks to the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter um, on a Nintendo Switch and all that stuff. So, I, you know, I was, it was it was awesome that I got to uh, beat the game on us. I got to beat that game on a Nintendo, on the original Nintendo Switch, which was signed by uh, Yoshi. Uh, uh, on, uh, like, uh, what is his name? Um, I'm all screwed up with his name. Yoshinori Ono, <laughs> the producer of the Street Fighter uh, Four and Five series. So it was, it was really just magic when I beat that game. But fighting game fans love the franchise, the two franchises, so much that we were aching for the two to do a crossover. And back then in the 90s, you know, today crossovers are very uh, common. But in the 90s, it was pretty much not seen and almost taboo. It's like, I mean, even rivals, rivaling companies would never even remotely mention each other. It was just a, it was the code of conduct, um, you know, pro wrestling. WWF would never mention anything about NWA virtually any time, never. They don't want to give attention to that company. So they will never mention it. Nike, Adidas, Pepsi, Coke, none of that. They would leave hints and all that stuff, but they would never really mention it to not give. Now that is all done. <laughs> That's all until Capcom brought us X-Men versus Street Fighter series and the versus series in general, which led to Marvel versus Capcom. It was like, okay, we see this happen. We see possibilities of these two universes meeting. What are the chances we could see SNK versus Capcom? And people were always clamoring to talk about saying, we want to see Terry Bogart and Andy Bogart versus Ken and Ryu. Um, we want to see Geese Howard versus, you know, um, M. Bison, stuff like that. We've always wanted to see, but we knew 
we, we actually thought that it would never really happen. The anticipation for this could be compared to that of like, you know, I, I don't know. Let me, let me, I, let me think about that for a minute. Cause you know, too many gamers, you know, to many gamers surprise the announcement of Capcom versus SNK was announced and people went crazy over this, but, oh, I, I know what to compare it to the anticipation that I can compare the anticipation for this game, uh, in terms of like actual role fights, I would say Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. It was that like, you would never see people from two different sporting of, you know, uh, franchises and industries come together like this, like Conor McGregor was at one point, the top of the MMA world. Floyd Mayweather is the top is boxing. And those two finally came together. It was kind of, it was very much that, that type of same anticipation and hype for that. So, I mean, we, we pretty much got it. Um, finally, we were getting the game many people dreamed of featuring the best of both companies in air. Now, before the much anticipated crossover between uh, fighting game Titans uh, came, Neo Geo released a handheld RPG card battle game that combined the fun of Pokemon uh, and the sheer competitiveness seen in your favorite fighting games, which released for the Neo Geo Pocket Color, which I am looking at right now. Now, when this came out, I literally took a picture because I still own the actual Neo Geo Pocket Color. I used to have two of them. I had a silver one and I had the camouflage blue one, but I don't, I forgot what happened with the silver one, which was the original one I brought. But um, it was, it, I think it was the original Neo Geo that I brought. That was the gray one. But Neo Geo Pocket Color came out shortly after. And I end up getting that one and I still own that one. Not only do I still own that, that one, but I still own the, uh, card fighter clash cartridge in there as well. The S and K version, I think it's the S and K version or the Capcom version that I purchased. Um, but it's over at my desk. It's over. I'm looking right at it right across from me right now. Uh, cause I took a picture of it in my, stu in my studio. Um, so people can see it and see what it looks like. Cause in the game, in the actual Nintendo switch version, they, uh, you know, for every Neo Geo pocket game that is being sold on um, in, in, um, on, on uh, platforms, they give you the option to view it, the entire screen of it, or you can view it using a filter screen that looks exactly like the original Neo Geo pocket. And it's almost in the same dimensions too. Um, but no, I want to, I want to play this game in a bigger screen now. So I, I zoom, I zoom it up. But it's just awesome to be able to play this game all these years. This is the one game that I kept saying, all right, we're getting all these Neo Geo Pocket games. Can we please get Car Fighter Clash? And damn it, not only did they do it, but they did it on my birthday. And on the weekend, a week of my birthday, I couldn't have, it's one of the most awesome things that happened so far in 2022 for me. Um, it was just fantastic. Much like Pokemon, you play as one or two characters who is set on a journey to uh, be the best car fighter in the world. Yeah, I was just about to, I, that that song, that Pokemon song just came to my head immediately. Um, also like Pokemon uh, series, SNK versus Capcom Car Fighter Clash had two versions of the game, an SNK themed version and a Capcom themed version, which consisted of distinct cards des designated for each version. Um, now, the, the, the thing is, is that much like Pokemon when you have like I'll give an example, um, you know, brilliant diamond and, and, and pearl version or whatever, they, which one is they called? Or I say sword and shield. Let's just go to there. Um, if you got Pokemon sword 
or shield there are pokemon specifically not many but there's distinct pokemon that are on each one and then you can share that data into each other and combine it this is the same um format that happened with snk versus um capcom uh clash you know there were significant capcom uh cards that you can uh get from the snk version and as and, and the same for the capcom version however thanks to snk they are uh they gave us both games for one grateful price of 7.99 do you understand how much i paid for these cartridges back then first of all i i it, it dawned on me i was looking um i was researching the how much i paid for the um neo geo pocket color right because it was so long ago i had no idea that that game system was only 70 bucks or at least i don't remember i forgot i could have sworn i paid like 100 bucks for that game but you know this was the 90s and all this stuff so i mean consoles probably weren't that much but i'm pretty sure the game boy cost a little bit more too um but that game was you know each cartridge were running from like 29.99 to 39.99 in air so like these the, the fact that you're getting both games for the for the smallest price of 7.99 for that game experience it is a it is more than a crime <laughs> but a good crime to have you're getting away with a lot for this game because it's just you know it's a retro game but it's like it's an old school game but trust me when i tell you when i played it again i enjoyed it just the way i did before it is so awesome it's one of the best like i always say this this is the best fighting game and then i was second that with um dragon ball heroes or two of the my favorite all-time best car uh fighting game car battle fighting games bar none um so in terms of gameplay it is in my opinion one of the most fun and player friendly simple car battle systems ever um a more simplistic play mechanic uh than that of car battles games like i mentioned dragon ball heroes definitely way easier to play than Yu-Gi-Oh. less way less complex in there as well you have you can collect up to 300 cars consisting of your favorite snk and capcom characters each card comes with uh its own power level and ability to uh abilities that can help you gain advantage of the game so in other words the more card battles you win will result in you acquiring uh better and more powerful cards um there's your regular battle cards and then there's your ability cards as well and then some cars some battle cars that you have also have their own abilities as well in here so it, it, it's really well it's really well strategized I, it's it's what you call sprezzatura it's the art of making something uh that looks easy something hard look easy and that's exactly what snk did with that game right there so um the more powerful cards you possess the better uh, chances you will win the battles along the way and there's some awesome like any cards that you get there are a thousand once you start collecting those thousand battle point cards like with terry bogart or ryu or whatever like that oh you're done <laughs> you're done so you can also do combo attacks that will uh take you know out your opponent's cards and possibly your opponent's uh hp as well the card system was does uh was designed to give players the fighting game feel while also be uh what also being both fun and competitive but not too complex and it, it was just it which also made it more addictive 
I'm telling you, I played that game so many times and for so long. It was just awesome. I've craved to play this game again. I'm thank you, SNK, for bringing that back here in 2022. You couldn't have picked a better time to, to bring that game back for me. Um, SNK versus Capcom Fighters me um you know was was made to hold off fans as well as get them excited for the much anticipated match of the millennium uh and it, it did it successfully now you guys remember uh I, like a year later uh shortly after on the neo geo pocket color match of the millennium did come out and it came out before the actual uh arcade in playstation versions of snk versus capcom came out as well so if you owned a Neo Geo Pocket Color at the time, you were already getting into the mix of it. And then when the game finally came out, it, that game, those those game series exploded. And then SNK versus Capcom 2 came out as well, uh, maybe like a year or something later. It's just absolutely great. Uh, for those who like, I would say the Neo Geo Pocket Color could be the Dreamcast of handhelds. Um, just so many great, great fighting game titles in there and so many great you know other titles in there that a lot of people you know fell out and now you get to play them again on the nintendo switch uh as the way that it was intended but you can also play it on uh, i believe playstation i don't know if xbox has it as well but go out of your way and get these games if you're a retro game fan and never got a chance to play the neo geo pocket or pocket color this is your chance and you don't want to miss it like these old fighting games that they play and, and um even some um I got some imports too of those too. I forgot. Like there were some games that didn't make it, but the, you know, the Neo Geo Pocket Color was also, um, it was also actually cross, it wasn't cross compatible, but it was region free. Cause I was able to play some of those um, games that it had in Japan. So I was buying imports for them as well too. So man, go out of your way and check it out. It's just awesome for $7.99, trust me. And if you're a Pokemon fan like that and a car battle game fan, you combine these two together and you're a fighting game fan, this is a match made in heaven. Guarantee you're going to be addicted to this. Trust me. So go out of your way, check it out. It's available right now. Um, all right. If I grade it to is uh, trust me, this game gets an A plus. <laughs> it's I didn't get a chance to review. I didn't have a review show in the nineties. I'm reviewing it now. Card fighter clash gets an A plus go check it out. And, and that ends this long portion of the channel uh, of the uh, episode. I told you this was going to be a meaty episode. So we're going to take a break, come back. And in our final stage, I will review this indie game called Black Wind, which um, was available on multiple platforms is now on the Nintendo Switch. And I got a chance to play it. So we'll talk about that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live!
we have reached the final stage of this program and I'm here to review Black Wind, which is now available on the Nintendo Switch, but also available on Steam, uh, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, S, and 1. Uh, this game, I had my eye on for a while. It's been on pre-order for a while. And I was just wondering if I should get this because I saw the trailer for it. And I'm like, looks really dope in a sense. It's like, this is really above and beyond indie game. In this case, it's a mech, uh, you know, game too. Some are really like mech games, but how good is it really? Uh, it was really not that expensive. I think it was like, I think I paid like $14.99 or something for it on a uh, PlayStation. But nonetheless, man, um, overall, I did like it. I mean, it wasn't perfect by any stretch. There were some, I'm going to do the pro and con type of review for this one. Um, Blowfish Studios, I thought did a great job in terms of presentation with it. Now, again, not perfect. I've seen much better, but it uh, it actually, I thought that they did a really great job with it. And I enjoyed it for the most part, but there were some things that I was troubling, but there were some also some really positive things that kept me going and kept me wanting to play the game through the end in this game, which yes, by the way, I did play the game through the end for anybody who's who wants to know. So, um, <laughs> I gotta keep, I feel like I gotta keep saying it after the whole entire G4 thing, but nonetheless, I did play through the whole entire game and my experience was good. Like I played a bunch of games based on mechs for like all of 2021. If I want to rate this to those, this is the least favorite of the bunch, but it was still good i don't it's it's a little below solid because there were some things that i think that they could do to strengthen and tighten it up in my case there was you know for the gameplay experience especially um but there were some issues that i had with it but for the most part i did like it and i would like to see another one down the line absolutely because there were a lot of things to take from this game that i thought was a lot of fun um this is a game like one of those isometric view games that you see on like from uh, Darksiders or Hades or whatever like that. But, it, you know, it provides a hack and slash and shooter type of vibe to it. Um, they Blowfish Studios does consider it a hack and slash shooter platform game, um, you know, it, it with the sci fi action, you know, with a sci fi take on it. And I, I, the story is actually surprisingly well. There were some really good pros and cons to this game, but the story to this is, and I'm reading this all for Blowfish Studios, the Rachnos hordes are regain are raging uh, the planet Medusa uh, 42, a small human uh, mining colony. When the starship Pandora is shot down, James Hawkins, who is the protagonist of the game, finds himself trapped. In, and he's just a kid, by the way, too, um, which they don't mention here. Uh, he's just a young kid. And he finds himself trapped inside a military battle frame prototype that his father made for him. Uh, he'll have to discover its powers and survive the alien forces in different planets uh, locations while searching for his father, who is believed to be possibly dead. Um, but there's a major twist in this whole entire thing, which I did enjoy. I thought that was awesome. And when I played this game, there, there were two games. There was two vibes that I was getting from this game. One vibe was zona vendors immediately i got zona vendors vibes in here uh you know you got a kid who is you got a kid who is actually um you know working with an ai which was something that was kind of similar story to that of the original zona enders games of you know you got people who play playstation uh, i think 
PlayStation was it PlayStation One or PlayStation Two? There's, I think PlayStation Two had Zone Enders, and I know they had the, the second version, the sequel to that as well. But um, Zone of Enders actually was like the original game where you had a kid who was um, you know commandeering a AI you know battle frame itself like that. And the two managed to kind of coexist because they developed a bond with each other. This was kind of the same type of vibe as that. Um, and then also there was a little bit of God of War vibe to it as well, which I really enjoyed because you're just going out and battling all these different aliens and different other, you know, battle frames or whatever throughout the game. So, I mean, this was a very story driven game with a story driven adventure game, if you will, that you're going through, um, throughout this whole entire course. Uh, there's a lot of exploration, uh, platforming, environmental puzzles, a lot of environmental damage as well throughout this whole entire thing. I almost felt bad because of how much environmental damage I was getting into until, you know, you get further into the game to understand why you're doing it and you it, it'll just be justified <laughs> as you go along. Um, you know, and, and also you get to the, the, the um, you get the presence of a detachable drone in here, which I, you know, it's down the line. You get all these different really cool, you know, uh, powers and, and techniques and, and new uh, objects and devices and, and firepower that you gain in here with the RPG element of the game, which is really cool. And I enjoyed that aspect. So here is actually my pros and cons of the game right now. First of all, in terms of presentation and design, I love the great mech design. Um, wasn't the best mech design I've ever seen, but it was, it was stellar. I liked it. Yeah, it was like, I like the meaty tech designs. I hate mech games where they have just the mechs that just look so mechanical and doesn't look like they even have any, like I'm used to, I, I, I grew up with transformers and GoBots and Voltron where all these mechs are beautifully designed. They look like, you know, you know, concept cars, if you will, that you see on car shows. Um, I like that. Like they were like armor wars, uh, not armor wars or, uh, what was the, uh, armor core was a game series that used to come on a uh, PlayStation, um, a lot. And you got to customize your own, you know, mechs in there, but they never had mechs that look like forms of like almost humanoid, like forms or transformers forms or whatever, or even Gundam like forms. Gundam is one of my favorite mech designs ever. Like transformers is another one. Um, Voltron will go in that list too, but you got forms where, where the faces looks awesome and stuff like that. You know, they didn't have that. This one, um, did, uh, armor core armor, um, core is, um, was that the game? No, armor core is not the game from the PlayStation actually armor, armor core. Yeah. Armor core is the game that I've reviewed. No, 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 no. I was right. I was right. It is the PlayStation series that you got to customize. So, um, there was a, a game that I reviewed last year. I forgot the name of that game already. Cause I played so many of them last year. Remember I played over 97 <laughs> last year. Um, but that was really awesome. Really fantastic. Uh, just tremendous. But this is another one. I thought it was, it was great mech design from there. Um, in terms of the story, it was surprisingly good. It was a big twist to it that's really like once i got to that point of the game i was in and i discovered and they discovered this i was like okay i was not expecting this i thought it was just going through a generic you know storyline run but they managed to make it more uh suspenseful and intriguing as you go down the line so now you got a whole different purpose of why you're you know your your um you know ha um hawkins is actually 
you know, working and operating this this new battle frame and everything and trying to search for his father. It really it, it, it turns out to be much better. Like, it's not the greatest story I've ever, you know, heard, but it was like for for this indie game, you don't normally expect that to happen. So I was really, really into the to the actual story to this. I, I think people will enjoy the story aspect almost, if not more than the actual gameplay itself at this point. Um, it does have a fun and action pack hack and slash system complete with QTE finishing moves as well, which I like. That was the God of War part that I liked about it. Um, once you weaken the your enemies to a point, they start flashing red and that gives you the opportunity to, you know, finish them off by hitting the uh, A button for your the O button for the uh, PlayStation um, and just finish them off in, you know, fabulous, brutal style. Or you can just keep hacking, slashing them till they go. But if you honestly, if you actually use the key, uh, the QTE finisher, the quick time event finisher, um, you will gain more points and those points you use to buy and upgrade your uh, battle frame from there. So I really did like that. Um, controls are fluid and evolve as you, you know, upgrade James's battle frame. As I mentioned, um, you got, you, grant you the drones and grant you all these really powerful, powerful moves uh, that'll help you power through enemies and save your father, you know, down the line or hopes that you will save your father down the line at least. Um, it also has a great selection of color skins that you find throughout the game as well. So you have that going for you. Um, and it's just, you know, that part of it is great, but it is not without its cons. And I'm going to talk about the cons right now, because unfortunately there are quite a bit to it that kind of, you know, dilutes the gaming experience, if you will. For instance, the puzzles, the environmental puzzles, which is normally done really well in most games, wasn't done well here. I thought that this, that this game was trying to be way too complex with how they did the puzzles here. And it was one of those things where like, I will give you, let me give you what, what analogy can I give you? Um, Sheldon from big bang theory, how he thinks that a, 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 like a quiz, a question or a formula that he comes up with is easy for everybody to understand, but it's only really easy for him to understand. I feel like this was that case. Like I played a lot of God of war games. I played tomb Raider. I played, um, dark siders, Genesis, recently and those are uh, in, in hades i played all those isometric uh style, you know games very similar to this um but like god of war i played that in in in, in like i said tomb raider where they have these puzzles that you kind of get an understanding of what is going on in this case it's like it's it's not that easy but it's not that hard to figure out but this one was just so complex it's like I don't think a lot of people were going to like, I've even went as far as going on YouTube videos to see how other people are figuring out. And a lot of the YouTube videos that I was seeing on walkthroughs of their experience, it wasn't like a professional walkthrough, you know, like, or, or a skilled walkthrough. It was them just trying to figure it out as you're going along here as well. And the other part is because you're playing on like a handheld game, like the, like the um, Nintendo switch, you might be missing some elements of that on the game that you um that you see so you kind of get lost in the in the environment trying to figure out how to get out of certain situations or how to some things are some things are easy to figure out but other things can be really complex and 
what it does after a while, you're spending so much time trying to figure out that puzzle and you can't advance the story or the game or the or the game until you get that puzzle out, that it kind of takes away from the experience after a while. It really kind of takes away that experience and it really kind of dilutes it. But when you finally get it, you kind of get back into it. But the momentum and, and, and fun that you had before was kind of taken out because you're wasting all that time getting through it. So, I mean, the puzzles have a lot to be desired in this case. The acting was good to okay. In uh, here, it was, it, there were some cheesy moments in there and then there were some, you know, lines that were being said that were being, um, you know, spoken off that didn't sound as stellar as a lot of other, you know, games with great voice acting that I've heard before. Like, I don't know if this, this was in-house uh, staff that were um, doing the voices for this, or did they actually hire actual actors to do this, or they had some actors do it, or some, you know, in-house people do voices, do, do the voice roles or whatever, I don't know, which is kind of old school. It felt like an old school anime <laughs> like a 90s anime style where it's just like it felt like all in-house people just doing voices or even video games that started doing voices like in the 90s we you started getting more games that were doing voice roles and everything but they were really cheesy and it's just like they just got people that were in-house to do the voices but they were very campy and unprofessional and in, in, in his uh in his presence so i was it, this one wasn't that bad but there was just some things and, and some things that were just you kind of noticed it was like, eh, didn't sound as good coming off as it should have. Um, and then it was also co uh, like the corny, repetitive one-liners every so often. Never mess with the Hawkins in there as well. So it was like, which is, it, it was really fun at the beginning when I first heard it. But then it started getting a little bit annoying as you go along with the game. It's like, never mess with the Hawkins. And you hear it a lot. It's almost like, you know, you just wear a t-shirt that just says that now. So, um you had that the game could use a better map that I had a real big problem when I was very surprised at why or how they did this because the map that all right first of all when you can only there are certain places that didn't even have a map so you're even getting lost and just wandering around the environments big time and you don't know where you're going and sometimes you get lost and confused again it's diluting your experience because you're just spending so much time going into areas you know, you're, you're just going, you're going into circles, going into the same areas over and over again, trying to find where to go. There was no way to navigate uh, people and guide them to where they need to go. I don't understand why that was not a thing. Metro people, there was, this was the same problem that people had with Metroid Dread is that like, okay, you had a map, but you just, you're going off everywhere, not knowing where to go, where's the best place to go, whatever like that. Like people want to be guided and navigated because you're going, you're lost in a situation where you don't know where to go <laughs> and it can take away. Now, luckily Metroid Dread didn't have that problem as much, but this, I found, I felt that it was worse than what Metroid Dread did in here. So the map could have been better. And even furthermore, like it just, the only map that you have is when you found, there's the map that you find once you're in like, um, you know, labs or whatever like that. And you're just going through different headquarters or whatever. So you get maps when you find them in there, but it was only a map that was on a side, right? It was only this little hub. There was no like actual screen or whatever like that, that you can find. And, you know, in the start menu or whatever like that, there was no, there, no, you no um, user interface, uh, menus or whatever like that, that I thought they could have benefited greatly from in there. Like you had the UI that they had in there 
was to upgrade all of the moves and powers and everything, but you could have used a, a section for the map itself on where to go. I don't understand why they didn't add that on. Um, they could have benefited from having uh, a lot in, in, in terms of that as well. Enemies can also, I mean, one of my biggest thing was like enemies can overwhelm you to a point where it's hard for you to evade or counterattack because like if, if you get knocked down by a missile by one of the uh, your enemies, there's and, and you're you're swarmed with a with a a a bunch of different enemies on you. They're shooting you consistently, and they're wearing you down, full of bullets, full of lasers, full of missiles. And I'm just like, okay, how can I get out? I can't evade out of this. That to me was a problem right there. I I, I don't. I just first time I ever had that experience on any game I've ever had. So that was a problem. I wish that they would find a way to just let you evade out of there because there are times where you could get so back you know worn down that they just deplete all your energy and you just starting over again so i found that to be something that was i i wasn't too too um big of a fan of there i wish they would have give you a better tutorial to learn how to master these moves as well that's something that would have helped the gameplay experience even better i was sometimes i was stuck trying to figure out how to do certain moves like the the jump skip move that they have they didn't explain it as good as they could have in there because i didn't know if you hit both buttons at the same time simultaneously and it doesn't explain that that you could do the skip jump move on air and get an extra you know leverage of your jump in air once you get to a certain stage so um stuff like that i would love for them to have more thorough uh, walkthroughs and tutorials on how to you know play this game fluidly the way people want to or is intended to um and then then the other thing is your character gets stuck in the corners of the stages to a point that can result in you having to restart the game i found out to be very annoying at some point so if you didn't save at your save point uh area at the time you may you know be screwed at that point so overall it's a good game it's by far not the greatest mech game i've ever played um if i were you i would probably wait till this lowers in price because it while it's a fun game and it has a great story and you know there's some great pay, uh play mechanics to it um it just doesn't like there i can let's put it like this i can name a bunch of other mech games that are worth playing right now and i would say this will be if this was a top five this would be number five right now but there were like four other absolutely great mech based games that you want to play i will wait for this one to go on sale to try it out and play maybe by then they will actually probably update it or you know do something with it to that end um but right now it's not the best game in the world but it's there is a lot of potential for this game and i would say it's good enough to play but also hope in hopes that they would come out with a sequel to this and make that a much better game uh the next time around so we'll we'll see for that but if i'm going to give this a grade um it's unfortunately I, I wanted to give this game a better grade but it's going back and forth for this but uh, i was going to give it a b minus but after like you know really thoroughly going through it it, it you know it gets a c plus for me so again this is a game this is a good you know game but not a great game and it's something that like i say it's worth playing once the it goes on sale so uh that's all i gotta say about that and that's all i gotta say for this episode of select start i hope everybody enjoyed this very fulfilling episode um next week i told you gunvolt chronicles luminous avenger x 
is out. It came out yesterday too, by the way. It came out yesterday. I am currently playing it. I got a feeling I will be able to beat it by the time next week comes. So most likely I will be playing that as well as Pokemon Legend um, Arceus, which is just out today. I got a feeling I may wait till next week to actually, to actually, uh, you know, play that game because it's going to probably if you played any pokemon game and this is a whole new experience i played it in midnight it released at midnight uh um last night and um i got a chance to play a little bit of it like at least a half hour of it because i was like i gotta go to bed <laughs> it's like i gotta go to bed if it's, there's no way i can play this all night and didn't do this show uh with any energy but um from the door it's a whole different experience just the fact that it's open world too it's just it's it's mind-blowing for me and if you played any pokemon game then you know that there's going to be a lot of deep 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 diving it would go so there's no way that i'm going to be able to have a review by next week with this because i want to thoroughly play this game as much as thoroughly as possible to play this game but i want to beat this game by next week and give you and see if it's the pokemon game i've been waiting for because i kept saying i don't want this to be generic i don't want this to be the same cookie cutter experience i don't want the same storyline looks like we're actually getting something slightly different not only just in terms of open world but also in storytelling as well so i'm looking forward to giving them my thorough review of this game uh and in, in, uh in two weeks from now so stay tuned for that and much much more this sunday i'll have a show don't know what i'm going to be talking about or reviewing but we will see there is definitely news to talk about this week so stay tuned for uh the next episode of uh talk time live prime because there's no movies coming out until february so or nothing new or exciting coming out till february uh, so we'll we'll be uh, i know uncharted comes out and all that stuff so we'll see what comes about that time too but um lots of stuff to talk about this sunday nonetheless so stay tuned for that and much more you can listen to this episode and every episode in many different areas and options for instance talktimelive.com where you can find all of our podcast audio episodes as well as our video exclusive interviews on there as well media content which includes the repop metaverse panels that i hosted last year blog entries that i put in and also much much more um you got exclusives of a lot of things on here uh and always will be added new content down the line so go to talktownlive.com if you want to uh check out everything in there and get to know about this show and everything that's involved with the show and more and it's a really great looking website by the way i might say i i do say so myself so you have that if you want to subscribe and download to your favorite podcast platforms you could do so on spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher Podbean, tune in audible pandora pocket cast fountain and of course tumblr shout out to all the tumblr community out there as well so all right that will do it for me it is snowing outside uh, it is very cold outside as well i hope everybody is staying safe staying warm vaccinated as much as possible safe as much as possible just do whatever you can to not get sick that's all i ask um so just you know stay safe and keep everybody else safe out there so that'll do it for me folks on behalf of myself this is dex Avery josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live we are out of here take care and have a great week i'll talk to you sunday
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.